0: Hello and welcome to the October NICE Guidelines podcast. This is your overview of any new, changed or amended guidelines from the month of October. This is uh, done in conjunction with the NICE guideline monthly newsletter, which is distributed to all North Norfolk clinicians. The, no- the monthly newsletter should hopefully be available on the NNPC website soon also. My name is Emma Smith and I'm an Advanced Nurse Practitioner and the Clinical Quality Nurse Lead for NNPC. I'm here with my podcast partner, Emma Lambon.
1: Hello, as Emma said, my name is Emma Lambon and I'm a practice nurse and the board nurse for NNPC. We aim to give you this monthly snapshot in a useful 8-10 to minute, easily accessible, bite-sized podcast to keep you updated and to highlight any new changes to the NICE guidelines which
0: are applicable to us in primary care. So, what's in the NICE news this month, Emma? So, there has been some updates on smoking cessation prescribing the treatment of angioedema and anaphylaxis, and the release of a draft guidance for clinicians on the safe prescribing of medicines associated with dependence or withdrawal symptoms. The proposed guideline focuses on benzodiazepines, Z drugs such as zopiclone and zolpidem, opioids, gabapentin and pregabalin. So shall we start with smoking cessation?
1: Yeah, thanks Emma. Okay, so the minor change in the smoking cessation guidance has listed the prescribing of nicotine replacement therapy or NRT in epilepsy as another listed contraindication and caution, in addition to the other existing conditions. So, a reminder of the other contraindications are diabetes, GI disease, pheochromocytoma, which is a type of endocrine tumour moderate to severe hepatic impairment, severe renal impairment, and uncontrolled hyperthyroidism. Specific NRT formats should also be prescribed in caution in certain circumstances. So, for example, inhalators, caution for people with chronic throat disease and bronchospastic disease. Gum, caution for people with dentures. Nasal spray, caution for people with asthma. There are other alternative drugs available to prescribe, and obviously they also have their own contraindications and cautions, but such as brupopian and varenacycline.
0: Okay, thanks Emma. That was a good refresher of those cautions and considerations. Um, So now let's move on to the changes to the guidance on the treatment of angioedema and anaphylaxis. In September 2021, there was a minor update to align with the Resuscitation Council's UK guideline which was Emergency Treatment of Anaphylaxis Guidelines for Healthcare Providers. This can be found on their website. Um, Essentially, the recommendation to routinely administer IV or IM chlorphenamine and hydrocortisone have been removed from this topic. The Recess Council guidance was originally published in 2008 and has most recently been published in May 2021. The use of the antihistamines in the anaphylaxis algorithm is now third line as an intervention and the use of corticosteroids are no longer advised in the routine emergency treatment of anaphylaxis. So this um, guidance has been developed according to the grade evidence to decision frameworks and the evidence base for specific management strategies has increased and international guidelines have also been updated.
1: Okay, thanks Emma. Um, So lastly then, let's discuss the new draft recommendations to guide clinicians on the safe prescribing of medicines associated with dependence or withdrawal symptoms. So as you previously mentioned Emma, the guideline focuses on benzodiazepines, Z drugs such as Zopiclone and Zolpidem, opioids, gabapentin and pregabalin. Antidepressants have also been included because of the potential for withdrawal symptoms. So the prescribing of opioids for acute
0: pain, cancer pain or at the end of life are not included. Okay, thanks. So what does that mean for us clinicians in primary care then, Emma? Um,
1: So it means that we're being encouraged to provide ongoing support and regular reviews for those patients who are starting on or continuing on these medications. This will facilitate the patients to be clearly informed about the benefit and the risk of long-term consequences. Um, And it'll give the opportunity for prescribers to explain to the patient about the dependency side effects and to possibly give them some thinking time about these drugs. If it's something that they're willing to take instead of just prescribing them on the very first consultation when they come about their issues. Should the patients agree that they would like to try this line of treatment, then the initiation of a low dose treatment
0: is advised. Okay, thanks. So are there any other considerations when deciding on treatment in collaboration with a patient?
1: Yes, yeah, so nicer advising to avoid modified release opioids, either on their own or together with any standard release formulations. So whether to stop or continue treatment should take into account if the patient is developing dependency behaviours. So that's such as asking for the medication early, asking for increases in doses, if they're losing medication to try and gain extra prescriptions, or if they're reporting a loss of efficacy. So this is difficult, Emma. How would you deal with the patient if you felt that they were displaying some of those signs? Yeah, as you
0: said, this is a difficult one and is often dependent on that rapport and relationship with the patient to be able to actually recognise it. But I'm sure that we've all already experienced it in general practice. Um, and if it's decided that it's best for the, in the best interest of the patient to actually um, initiate a reduction or withdrawal of the, the medication, then the initial step might be just to discuss it with the patient and talk over the benefits of reducing or stopping the medication. And this, um, admittedly, can be a very difficult conversation, um, but in combined with a detailed withdrawal regime should avoid, avoid any withdrawal side effects and sort of more, more concordance with the patient, really. Um, the NICE guidance will also give some good advice as to how to manage this and will be detailed for each class of drug that is for the withdrawal um, regimes. It will also address the fact that the underlying condition for which these drugs were commenced in the first place will still need to be managed. NICE are now inviting public feedback on the draft guidance um, by the 2nd of December. So this will likely be published probably in early 2022. So if anybody's got any feedback, um, possibly on any aspects of the draft guidance, go on to the NICE website, have a little look and, you know, and feedback to them. Great, so that's one we can watch out for soon. Good.
1: I think that's it for this month. So until next time, bye.
0: Yep, so we'll be back next month. So bye for now.